Hey there, Pastor Bob here. Welcome to Season 2 of the Underground Sessions Podcast, where we always have courageous conversations at the intersection of faith, culture, and politics. We're talking about the issues you care about and training followers of Christ to think deeply about cultural engagement. As a reminder, the views expressed by guests may not reflect the views of Millington Baptist Church. Let's dive into our latest conversation. Hey, welcome to the Underground Sessions podcast. I'm your host, Bob Erbig, and I am joined today co-hosting my podcast with uh, Dave Henschel, my co-pastor here at NBC. Dave, welcome to the podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to see you, Bob. Awesome. So Dave and I are both going to be fielding some questions to our uh, guest, who I'm going to introduce in just a second. But let me first start by introducing our topic for today, a topic that was uh, just voted on a couple weeks ago in our election here in New Jersey and has been on a lot of people's minds. That's the topic of recreational marijuana. How should Christians respond to this? How should we think about that? So uh, if you remember, just as some way of background, Governor Phil Murphy campaigned back in 2017 on the promise to legalize marijuana within his first 100 days in office. So that obviously didn't happen. Um, Lawmakers couldn't muster enough votes in the state Senate to pass legislation, which was sponsored by Senator Nick Scutari, who's a Democrat in union. And they eventually voted to put it on the ballot and let the people decide. And so um, on November the 3rd, uh, it was on the ballot to vote on. Uh, Probably those of you listening uh, cast your vote for that. And the poll showed that it passed overwhelmingly 67% yes, 33% no. So overwhelmingly, the people in New Jersey uh, voted to, uh, you know, have marijuana, recreational marijuana be legal in, uh, in, the US, in, the, in the state of New Jersey. Now, important to note, marijuana remains illegal at the national level, but 11 states and, and Washington, D.C. have already legalized it and begun to sell without interference from the federal government. And more than 30 states, including New Jersey, also have medical marijuana programs. So this is a pretty complex topic. And now with, with this vote, it's a little bit more complex for Christians to talk about. And so we'd like to have the conversation today with our guest who actually wrote the book on this. So Dave, I'm going to turn it over to you to introduce our guest. Yeah, we're so glad to have a uh, fellow minister here with us today, Pastor Barnabas Sprinkle. Pastor's at Liberty Corner Presbyterian in Liberty Corner, New Jersey. A good biblical name, uh, Barnabas, means son of encouragement, and uh, he tells us that he strives to live up to it. His passion is helping people experience eternal and abundant life in Jesus Christ. He's lived out this passion at three different churches before Liberty Corner in Texas, Georgia, and most recently in Medford, Oregon, where he has served for eight years. Barnabas earned degrees in physics and communication before getting his MDiv and spiritual formation certificate at Columbia Seminary, as well as a doctorate in ministry from Fuller, emphasizing missional leadership. He enjoys woodworking and has recently tried his hand at wood turning. Uh, His partner in marriage and ministry is Emmy, a professional counselor, who has started both Counseling Centers and Wholeness Ministries. She grew up in Romania, and uh, they also enjoy three children. Uh, Barnabas and his family like to camp and to hike out in God's creation. And uh, I was recently having lunch with Barnabas and was talking to him about a book project that he was a part of that I happened to pick up. And the book is called Jesus and Mary Jane uh, that he wrote with a friend of his. And so Navigating Marijuana in Light of Science and Scripture. So Barnabas, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. It's a joy to be here. Thanks so much, Dave and Bob. 
All right. Well, good to have you here. Uh, Dave and I are going to go back and forth as far as asking questions. I'm going to kick it off uh, after that stellar introduction that Dave gave you. Yes, indeed. Um, I, I am struck, though, by the fact that you, you have managed to crisscross the country a couple times here. So, <laughs> yeah, going back Texas, and forth. Georgia, Oregon, New Jersey. I mean, that's, you can't get, those get further apart. You can't get further apart than those. If my wife and my toothbrush are in the same place, that's home. Right. And, and Columbia Seminary, the one in South Carolina, is where you went to? Um, you know, it started in South Carolina, but it's now in Decatur, Georgia. Oh, it is. Okay. It so, is. but that, and then four, so different, different perspectives on the, on the, you know, on the theological spectrum at times. So, and also coast to coast. You're right. That's right. You, so you're, you're just all over the place, but, but we're going to be focused in on this question uh, today on recreational marijuana. And I think I wanted to kick off and say, I was, I guess I shouldn't have been, but I was a bit surprised by the vote totals here in New Jersey. The fact that it was a 70, 30 split. I mean, that's pretty overwhelming. And the question I wanted to ask as we start is just why are people so, in your opinion, why are people so drawn to marijuana use? Why is this such a hot topic today? Well, and politically, there's political side and there's also the biblical side. Politically, it's a really easy sell. Um, our culture has bought the idea that you should have the right to do whatever you want to as long as it's not obviously hurting somebody else. That is to say, our goal is personal liberty instead of a goal of personal health. Um, instead of seeking, hey, what does God want for us? The question really is, what do I want for me? And so for, you know, progressives, hey, marijuana makes a lot of sense. For conservatives, money makes a lot of sense and marijuana makes money. And it does. And so I think um, people, advocates for the legalization of marijuana have been able to sell those two ends really quite well. And they also have, let's face it, a, it's a $54 billion industry. They have a massive lobby who are very adept at convincing uh, progressives marijuana is good and convincing um, conservatives marijuana is good business. And so we're seeing this state after state after state that where states are choosing to say, we realize this is illegal federally, but we're not going to enforce the law. Um, and, and let's just be really clear. When we say recreational marijuana is legal in New Jersey, what we mean is it, it's not yet. It still has to go through the legislature. But what the legislature is voting is they're voting not to enforce federal law. That's what they're saying they're doing. Interesting take on that. You know, yeah. I, I, um, I know I went to seminary in Colorado, so which was on the cutting edge of legalizing uh, recreational much, marijuana yeah. back in the day. And I, I worked at Starbucks while I was in seminary. And next to the Starbucks in Colorado was a medical marijuana dispensary. And I was always struck by the amount of people that were going in there um, and fascinated with, with, with marijuana. So this is, um, th that's a really great distinction though you made about voting to not enforce federal law and the yeah. juxtaposition between state and federal uh, jurisdictions. So, um, you know, since you wrote the book on this topic, I might ask you, and you, and you seem at least in the first answer here, pretty passionate about this. What, um, what made you so interested in this topic enough to actually write a couple hundred page uh, volume about it. Well, Bob, you know, Charlie and I co-authored this book. We were both pastors in Southern Oregon and Southern Oregon is the Napa Valley for cannabis. All right. Both hemp and marijuana. Um, hemp being the, the, the product that does not have THC. Marijuana does have THC and gets you high, but it's the same plant. Um, and it's everywhere. Uh, people years ago, it was a Valley of orchards. Um, they tore up a lot of the orchards to put in vineyards. They tore up a lot of the vineyards now to put in marijuana. As soon as it became legal to grow, um, a lot of tobaccos companies and also a lot of just private investors were putting in marijuana fields everywhere. 
Um, and so it's, everyone's talking about it. Everybody is smelling it. Um, and so it was just a huge issue where we were in that area. We also saw the downsides um, that a lot of people weren't able to see. We got to see it first because of the prevalence in our area. Um, both the people who were making tons of cash and sometimes the crime that resulted, uh, the effect it was having on different people's lives um, and mental health and other issues in the community that nobody talked about in the political realm. Um, we also saw some people who were making substantial amounts of money and people without much education who were actually able to support their families in ways they were not before. So there's positives and negatives we could see. And everybody in our churches, everybody in our community was talking about it. And we said, you know, we need a biblical perspective on this. Plus, we need a scientific perspective. A lot of ideas get thrown around, but what science really say? And the truth is, I didn't know. So we realized we needed to do a lot of research, both in scripture and in science, so that we can have meaningful conversations with our churches and with the community at large. So that's really where the passion came from. Right. And I think you did a really good job in the book of kind of overviewing those things. So again, we'll, we'll make sure in the show notes, we put a link to, uh, to the book website so that people can go pick it up after listening to this and, uh, and grow in their knowledge, not pardon the pun, grow, grow in their knowledge right. of, uh, it was of a marijuana. growth experience for me too. Yeah, right. really <laughs> As opposed right. to growing your basement. That's it. That's right. That's right. Well, let, let's define some terms here because some people, you know, when we talk about marijuana, there's different terms that get thrown, thrown around. What is the difference between recreational marijuana, CBD, and medical marijuana? So first we need to say the plant is called cannabis. Um, there are a couple of different varietals, but you know, cannabis sativa is the basic plant. Um, and the plant, the male form is often called hemp. All right. And you get CBD. You also get other hemp products. CBD, uh, cannabidiol is a product from the plant that does not get anybody high. It's used in a lot of herbal treatments. Um, the, the lobbying industry has been very careful not to let it be categorized as a food or a drug, but a herbal treatment. So it's not ever regulated by the FDA, but it's, um, it's used in a lot of sort of um, treatment kind of things. It doesn't get you high. And for me personally, I would say, great, this is a God-given plant. Using this kind of uh, herbal remedy makes a lot of sense, just like ginseng. But the female uh, plant, um, the, the buds, will produce THC, which gets you high, and that's marijuana. Um, there is recreational use, which means, hey, it's just for fun. And there's medical use. I wish I could tell you those are really clearly different. Not always. Um, marijuana gets people high. And so some people who are undergoing, say, cancer treatment, which is excruciatingly painful, which um, causes a loss of appetite. Some people have used marijuana to increase their appetite, which it does, and also to, to ease the pain, which it also does. So that's a medical use. The vast majority of use, way over 85% is recreational. Um, and in some cases, some people estimate more like 95% is uh, recreational use, where people are using it just to get high, just for fun, in the same way people drink, just for fun. Uh, drink alcohol, I mean. So is There's it possible? Uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Is, is yeah. it possible, would you say, that people could have a medical marijuana card and yet still use the medical marijuana they get recreationally. It seems, I'm, if I'm reading between the lines, it seems to be what you're saying. There can be a little when bit When I lived in Oregon, we had medical marijuana long before we had recreational marijuana. You got a little card um, that says, hey, I have a use for uh, medical marijuana. That was for 
all sorts of symptoms, including say headaches. Have you ever met anybody who's never had a headache? Um, and the term we used in Oregon was a club card. You know, do you have your club card yet? Um, and so I would guess that the vast majority of, of use that was considered medical marijuana um, would be for many people, gray area, let's say it that way. Um, and let's face it, marijuana, one of the things that's used to treat are migraines, you know, so headaches make sense. Okay. But it's, um, but a lot of people would, would even say either I'm using it mer recreationally or there's some kind of a boundary. I know one person who is yeah. an insomniac who used marijuana to help him sleep. It's not good for that, by the way, but it's, um, but he would say freely, yeah, it's kind of recreational. It's kind of medical. Really, I'm self-medicating. So when you, when you use it medically, do you actually just smoke a joint or is there something else that you, some other way that you use it medically? There are a lot of ways to take uh, marijuana, um, both medically or recreationally. Um, it can be put into edibles, in, in foods or things that you take. Um, you can smoke joints, um, smoke it in you know, pipes, bongs. There's a lot of way to take it. But basically the, the use for medical and for um, for recreational is the same. Now, CBD is different. CBD is in a lot of hand creams. And again, this doesn't get you high. There's a lot of things you can ingest or creams. Um, and those look very different from smoking a joint. I think I even go through the mall sometimes and see that people are advertising CBD oil. Sure. Is that, that's something that's not, that's on the par of what we're talking about with CBD. CBD Similar, right? same species of plant, but it doesn't get you high. Um, and it's not, it's, there's no addictive nature to it or anything of that nature. Um, it's okay. more like taking ginseng or some other things, but it comes from the same plant as the, it's the same cannabis plant. Okay, good. Well, that, that's product. great. Yeah. Well, that's really helpful as far as defining terms for those of us that are, that are ignorant of, of these things. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, you know, Dave really dug into your book and he, he, he told me he's got like a bunch of questions to ask you. So Dave, I'm going to, I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, to ask uh, the next couple questions. Great. Thanks so much for sharing that, Barnabas. So I really enjoyed reading your book. Can you kind of give us um, a little bit of a flyover? You know, what were some of the big takeaways you, uh, you learned from your study and your research and doing this project with your friend? Uh, tell us a, a few of the nuggets that, that, that you'd like uh, our listeners and viewers to take away from your book. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Dave. So three major sections. One is engaging the science. What does science really say about cannabis? Second, engaging scripture. You know, what does scripture have to say uh, about really both cannabis and, um, and about a way to seek abundant life? And third, engaging one another. You know, how do we talk about these things when they can be so political, so contentious? Um, engaging the science, I got to tell you, I learned a ton in this research that I never knew. Um, I walked into this with some sort of a sense of, hey, you know, it, it's, it's just pot. It's not a big deal. Uh, why can't we, shouldn't we just let people do whatever they want to? Um, Charlie came from a much more um, uh, restrictive perspective. And I got to say, I learned a lot. Um, for instance, the marijuana we have today has been so hybridized over the last generation that it's not the same THC that my parents uh, were familiar with in the 60s. In fact, it has four to five times as much of THC, the active, active chemical that'll get you high, it is four to five times as much as there was in the 60s. That's just not the same plant. Um, back in the 60s, there was just, nobody was getting addicted 
to, to marijuana. But nowadays, the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic uh, Manual for Counselors, actually names marijuana addiction as one of their issues that people are dealing with right now. Because the, it's so much more, um, uh, so much more, you're gonna have to edit that out, Bob. <laughs> um, uh, because it's so much more concentrated. Uh, also, there are a lot of different marijuana extracts, like Shatter and some others, that are super concentrated that really do get people not just high, but have psychoactive effects. I didn't even know that. Also, the research is really clear on things that marijuana does to people's brains, especially developing brains. That's, that's up to age 26. Um, a long-term study based in Australia found that it had a significant impact on IQ, that people who were taking marijuana in any form at a moderate to severe amount of marijuana um, over years had an eight point decrease in their IQ. That's a great point level on your GPA. Um, in fact, the article that published this said because IQ is related to income level, said marijuana use could actually affect your tax bracket. Um, we know of the term pothead, but science is actually backing that up and saying, yeah, it actually does reduce your mental functioning for life and stopping marijuana use doesn't seem to, to reverse that. Um, those were some big takeaways that really surprised me and I think people need to know about them. Yeah, thank you very much. So that's really neat on the science and there's a lot more to be said there. I recommend people pick up your book and look into that because there are some serious negative uh, health effects, mental health as well as physical health effects to this right. um, use of cannabis. Um, so let's talk, turn the, turn the corner there and talk more about scripture for a moment. So, you know, how do we interact with this from a biblical perspective? Uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, what the Bible would have to say to give us wisdom about this topic. Yeah, and the first thing we need to recognize is marijuana is not mentioned in the Bible. Um, there is one uh, read that's almost certainly calamus. Some people think it might have been marijuana, but no serious Bible scholars would agree with that. Um, so that's kind of strange because marijuana is a plant. It's been around for, you know, cannabis is a plant. It's been around for, you know, forever. Uh, it was in the area of, you know, that, that scripture was written, but it's simply not something that gets uh, mentioned in scripture. Um, also true with, with, uh, opium and poppies. But the um, uh, scripture has a lot to say about getting drunk. And in general, it's against it. Um, and the idea is, hey, God wants us to have a truly abundant life. And uh, getting drunk doesn't get us there. I love what Jesus said in John chapter 10. And it's the same passage where he says, I'm the good shepherd. He says, John 10, 10, I've come that they may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the full. Same verse, he also says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So Jesus wants us to have abundant life. That's why he says he came. But there are abundance thieves out there that pretend to offer us abundance, but they really steal, kill, destroy the abundance in our lives. So the question is, is, is marijuana, recreational marijuana, um, even medical marijuana, is this something that could provide abundance that God wants us to have? Or is this something that would be an abundance thief? We asked, does this really help us come closer to God? No, it really doesn't. Does it help us live out the life God's had us to live? No, it, it, it really doesn't. 
Um, if someone is a cancer patient, there might be a different answer for that. But if you're just talking about recreational marijuana, you know, this doesn't provide abundance and there's so many ways that it steals abundance from our lives. Um, when we look through scripture, it says the same thing about getting drunk. And one thing with marijuana, um, you can drink a glass of wine without getting drunk. A lot of people drink wine just because they like wine. With marijuana, people take it to get drunk, to get high. Um, there's really not an on-ramp in the same way there is with alcohol. So I think we can apply the, the statements about getting drunk to the statements about get, to, you know, getting high on marijuana. So you're kind of building a theological bridge there and saying, so intoxication is clearly forbidden with alcohol, and we would apply the same principle to the use of marijuana or any other hallucinogenic type of drug. I would. Uh, I would also make it really clear, I I'm not a big rule guy. Um, I really do think that we are set free from the law because of the grace we have in Jesus Christ. So the question really becomes one of abundance. It's not a salvation issue. It's an abundance issue. It's one of discipleship. Um, God wants us to have the most abundant life possible. And this is not something that leads us to the life God wants us to have. Yeah, I was uh, interested in a couple of the verses you used in the book. You know, you pointed out that we're to love God with our mind. And you quoted 1 Peter 5, 8, that we're to be sober-minded. And, you know, I think about also Paul's statement in 1 Corinthians that, um, you know, I'm not going to be mastered by anything. So, you know, whether we want to call this an addiction or a dependency, I, I don't know that the word really matters. But, you know, are we really, yes, yes, all things are are lawful but and permissible, but not all things are beneficial, you know? And so I think there's some spiritual principles that you drew out really well there in the book. Yeah, and I, I, all, I keep wanting to point people toward God wants the best for you. It's not that God's trying to keep you away from something good. It's that God's kind of trying to direct us away from the abundance thieves. Um, right. Being sober-minded is not to keep us from being happy. It's to help us have a truly more abundant life. You talked in the beginning of the program about, you know, why people might be drawn to this. And there's a lot of reasons, but could, could one of the reasons be that life is difficult, that they're suffering? You know, James chapter one says these trials come, but as Christians, we're to, we're to accept those things from God as tools to refine our character. Whereas it seems like turning towards cannabis is a way to almost escape reality rather than allow God to use these difficulties uh, to shape us and form us as tools of sanctification. And so it seems like marijuana may get in the way of what God's trying to do inside of us. Would you add anything to that or agree with that? Or Dave, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. And, and, and let's, let's face it, there are a lot of things people can use for kind of what we'd call self-medication to escape from, you know, hardships of life that maybe God wants to use to shape us. I mean, people use pornography, people might use marijuana, people use alcohol, they might use shopping. Um, they might use seeking approval from other people. You know, there are a lot of things people can use to kind of self-medicate. None of those things are going to grow us. None of those things are going to help us become the people God has made us to be. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. How do we... Um talk about some of the risks in, in a, in a conversation with somebody who comes up to us as pastors, you know, it's no longer an easy answer of, Hey, this is illegal right now. Maybe it's a more complicated answer. So, you know, how do we with wisdom and pastoral care 
safely dialogue with people about this who may approach us? How, how would you lead that conversation? If somebody were to come to you and say, hey, what do you think, Pastor Barnabas? Um, where would you take that conversation? I'll be honest, legal or not, some people who are watching this podcast may be in New Jersey and others may be in other states where marijuana is not currently legal. Um, in my whole lifetime, legality has never really been a bar to getting marijuana. Right. I mean, when I was in high school, people, plenty of people were smoking pot. It wasn't legal in Georgia. Um, I've, um, but I would, I would really say, look, God's got a good plan for your life. How are you seeking it? Right. Um, how are you seeking the life that you were created to lead? And what part do you really think marijuana has to play in that? So a lot of people would say, well, what's the harm? Well, there's some scientific things we can say about what's the harm. But really, the question I want to ask is, what's the good life God has for you, and how are you chasing that? If someone's a follower of Christ, that's a different conversation than if they're not. If someone is a follower of Christ, we can say, hey, do you believe Jesus came so you can have an abundant life? Do you believe that, you know, what are you seeking in, in marijuana? Do you believe God wants to provide those things for you in healthy ways? Again, if somebody is using this, you know, if somebody has cancer and they're using this medically, that's a different conversation than if somebody is just looking to get high just to have some fun. Um, but I'd, I'd want to engage in the question of, hey, is it something you're trying to escape from? What is that? What does God want to do with that? Mm. Is there something you really, um, that uh, you just want to have some fun? Well, what are ways God really wants to provide joy in your life? That's really cool. I, I love the way that you answer that and you focus on the abundance, uh, Barnabas. You know, maybe to stick with the pastoral theme, why don't we talk about some common objections that people might bring up and see what answers you would give to this. this pastorally, this is, you know, or if you're a leader in the church or even if you're just a parent, uh, somebody might, add, might bring up these objections. So here, here's, like, here's one objection. How would I'd you like to say every parent is a leader in the church. That's right. Yes. <laughs> that's right. So here's, here's an objection that would, might be raised. Somebody could say, well, it's, it's a natural plant that God has placed here for our use. Why can't we partake in it? Oh, I totally like broccoli, agree. Broccoli, you know? The, I would totally agree. Well, first, the, the, the marijuana that we have right now is not a natural plant. It's been hybridized to concentrate the THC, just like tobacco was hybridized to concentrate tobacco um, for cigarettes a century ago. Um, so what we have is not quite a natural plant. But I would say, look, look at CBD. There are over a hundred different um, different uh, cannabis, different uh, enzymes, and and active medical uh, uh, substances within the cannabis plant. Great. Some of those can be very healthy without getting high. Um, let's look at those. Maybe God gave us for those. But here's the thing. Arsenic is natural. Hemlock is natural. Don't drink it. Um, <laughs> it could have devastating consequences, right? If you do. Absolutely. You know, there's, there's a part where um, in Genesis where it says God gave us every seed bearing plant for food. Well, okay. He didn't mean hemlock. All right. Um, or maybe there's some medical uses for hemlock. But don't drink it. It'll kill you. And you're saying there's some wisdom that needs to be exercised in your consumption of things. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, how about this? And you sort of got at this before. Here's a second objection. Um, what's the difference between this and alcohol? So somebody would say, well, alcohol is legal. What's the di what difference does it make if we make pot legal? And then what are some principles for thinking differently about alcohol versus, versus marijuana? Well, the legal issue is, um, is significant. I, I think we need to recognize... Um, alcohol is legal, but it's restricted. And there's a real danger for alcohol. Um, 
a whole lot of crimes are committed with alcohol. We need to recognize it is a legal product, but there's dangers with its use. But we also need to recognize there's an on-ramp for alcohol that there isn't with marijuana. Um, you can drink a glass of wine, you can drink a glass of beer um, and not be drunk. With marijuana, people use the product to get high. They don't use the product because they enjoy the smell. I don't think there's anyone who enjoys the smell. Um, they, they you know, use the product specifically to get high, drunk, however you want to call it. That's different. Um, and yeah, but we do need to recognize there are some similarities between alcohol and marijuana. And maybe that should ask us to ask how, invite us to ask, um, how much alcohol do we use too? Right. Hey, that's a good, that's a good point you bring up there. All right. Well, how about some of some people that might be listening might have a more uh, libertarian political sure. bent and they might, they might ask the, they might say, raise the objection. The government has no business telling people what they can and cannot do in their privacy of their homes. Therefore, make pot legal and leave people to live their lives. Mm-hmm. Prohibition does not work anyway. We learned that lesson with alcohol in the twenties. How, how would you respond to that? Well, the argument is, um, is absurd because you wouldn't apply it anywhere else. Um, uh, you don't, you, people kill people. I mean, that happens, but we still make it illegal, right? It's bad. The, right. the question is from a public health perspective, what do we consider legal and illegal in such a way that it's bad for public health, therefore it shouldn't be out there. Um, If you look at laws about public drunkenness, for example, um, those started in the industrial revolution because suddenly Hmm. we have industrial equipment that if somebody's drunk, they could kill themselves or others with it. That's before that being drunk in public was perfectly legal. Well, I think we need to ask questions, public health, hey, is this healthy for us or not as a people? It's just not true that your actions don't affect other people. All of our actions affect other people. We live in community. We have a fabric of society. Um, and it is, to my mind, pretty absurd to ignore that. I would just want to piggyback on that, that um, you know, laws do more than just restrict behavior, right? Laws cast a vision for the ideal. They point us toward the type of conduct that we, as a society, want to encourage, right? So as something gets legalized, the perception of its harm then decreases and then the usage increases. And I don't know that that's always a good thing. And so uh, I would just say that laws are more than just, you know, restricting the behavior, but, but they really point people towards uh, behavior that's uh, best for human flourishing, as we might say in Christian circles. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Dave. There is one place where I, um, I'm concerned about the laws we have about marijuana, and it is this: because marijuana is a federal, it's, it's federally a Schedule One drug. It can't um, th- then there's no federal funding for testing of the effects of marijuana. What that means is when we were doing our research into the effects of marijuana, to find scientific studies was a challenge because so many of the studies have been financed by the marijuana industry. Just like a century ago, so many studies were financed by the tobacco industry. And just like the tobacco industry a century ago, they were faking it. Um, and with a lot of the marijuana research, it's horrible. I mean, so you find good studies in other countries, but in the United States, there are very few quality double blind studies. Um, just be- and when you have them, they show some real risks, but the marijuana industry will come out with their own studies saying, oh, no, no, no. And they're 
are a real paucity of research because it's a schedule one drug, therefore there can't be federally funded studies. So I, I think it's worth actually knowing scientifically, what does this do to your body? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a really great point that you bring up there. All right, hey, one final objection I wanna ask you about. Somebody might say, well, hey, people are gonna do it anyway. So, and this is sort of your point you were mentioning about the people that benefited from it um, out in Oregon. Uh -huh. They're gonna do it anyway, regulate it, tax it, and we all benefit. Right, I, I, I hear that. Um, I, I guess I would ask the question, we, do we all benefit? Um, what you find is in, in Oregon, the costs of mental health care went up pretty dramatically. The costs of uh, crime prevention went up because when more people were growing and using marijuana, there was a lot more cash around because it's an entirely cash economy. Um, federal banks can't take the money from marijuana productions. Um, and so crime went up. There were significant costs to the community, public health costs, that aren't considered in these bills at all. There's a lot of unintended consequences. So the idea, hey, we'll get a little bit more income and everybody benefits, uh, there's a lot of costs we're gonna be paying too and they're invisible costs. They're costs you don't see until after you've made it legal and years later realize, oh, I, I think that's something we need to consider and that nobody's talking about in these, uh, certainly the lobbies aren't talking about when they're trying to legalize marijuana. If I could just maybe piggyback on that, a very similar argument is made about gambling. Right, so uh, people are going to gamble anyway, so we're we're going to get tax revenue. But often, from a Christian perspective, what we forget is that exploits and plays on the most vulnerable, those who are, uh, you know, stricken by poverty in our society. And oftentimes, the, it's those unintended consequences that we're not thinking about when we're just thinking about, okay, regulated tax it, and it'll be good for the economy. Not necessarily, especially the people that we as believers are supposed to be caring for in a very specific, distinctive way. That's a great point, Dave. Uh, I read a great study um, on gambling on Native American reservations. Um, a lot of Native American reservations, being free from federal laws, um, have casinos and, and gambling things. And what they've discovered is that it brings in a whole lot of income for the tribe. That income is not evenly distributed. And it also often brings a lot of poverty um, and also addiction and gambling compulsion and other things for the people who live there. They thought it was going to be entirely positive, get a whole bunch of, you know, people who live off the reservation to come bring us money. And they discovered, no, that's really not entirely the case, but they become financially addicted to the gambling. Uh, that is the, the, the whole tribe, the reservation becomes financially dependent on the gambling industry that ends up hurting them. I, I'm afraid that might happen in a lot of states that legalize marijuana. And I, back when I was in seminary, I actually took a trip to um, Native, a Native American reservation up in South Dakota. And uh, the same thing was true about the alcohol consumption. In fact, there was actually uh, certain alcohol products that were created just to be used on the reservation. And it created the cycle of addiction and poverty. So to the same point that you're all making, um, th there are these invisible consequences, right? So, hey, as we start to wrap up here, um, I did want to mention Dave, um, Dave uh, crafted a position paper here at NBC on use of recreational marijuana. And uh, I wondered if maybe you could speak about that for just a second. What was some of your thinking that went into that? And how did that line up with some of the things that Barnabas was sharing with us um, uh, today on the podcast? 
Yeah, I, probably about a year and a half ago, we saw this coming down the pike in the New Jersey legislature. And so we as an elder board said, we should probably figure out what we wanna say about this prior to its legalization. Of course, it didn't exactly uh, go the way that the state legislature thought it would. So it ended up being a question on the ballot this past November, but it ultimately got there. So uh, in order to get ahead of that, some of us put our minds together looking for the best research on recreational marijuana as to be distinguished from medical marijuana use and kind of apply some scriptural principles there. So uh, we, we can link that position paper in the show notes, right, Bob? And uh, yeah, let's absolutely. take a look at that. It's only four or five pages. If you, if you want the longer uh, version, you'll have to pick up Barnabas's book. That's a lot more in depth, a lot more studies that he cites there. And you uh, can read the cliff notes first and then go ahead. read the longer study. Yeah, so. there you go. So we got two options for, for the different readers, but uh, yeah, that's available. So we'd love to share that with you if you're interested in learning more. Great. All right. Well, as we finish up our time here today, maybe maybe a question to you, Barnabas, would be, I, I was just thinking how to wrap it up here. How would you encourage, you know, two different types of people? How would you encourage somebody who maybe currently is using marijuana? Uh, what would be some challenges and encouragement you would give them? And how would you encourage somebody who um, know somebody who's in the midst of maybe an addictive cycle? What would be some pastoral encouragement you would give as we, as we wrap up our time here? Absolutely. Do you know that the, the encouragement I would really want to give is, I mean, first, we want to invite people to eternal life. And in the context of that, we want to invite people to, into an abundant life, right? Jesus Christ came that we might experience, uh, first, have eternal life, right? Have life in him now and forever. But an abundant life, the, the best life possible. And so for someone who's using marijuana, I really would encourage, hey, let me invite you to, to walk along and seek that life God has for you. And once you've made that commitment, then decide what role, if any, that marijuana will have. This is not a salvation issue. We need to, we need to hold on to that. Um, it really is an issue of discipleship and abundance. At the same time, I really do think that this is going to be an abundance thief in your life. And um, and the more abundance thieves we're able to get free from, the better our lives are going to be. For someone who is not using but is concerned about somebody, you got to say, speak with grace and love, but encourage them toward abundance. Um, I tell them to buy the book, you know, but um, but I think that's uh, um, we buy really do want to encourage people. But where um, and where can you find the book? Right, you find it on Amazon.com. There you go. Uh, yep, yeah, Jesus and Mary Jane. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Barnabas, this has been an enlightening conversation. Thank you so much for bringing the, the wealth of knowledge that you uh, put together and putting the book together. Dave, thanks for co-hosting and offering some thoughts today. Um, and uh, for those of you that are listening, we do hope that this was an edifying conversation. Remember on the Underground Sessions podcast, we have courageous conversations at the intersection of faith, culture, and politics. And so in many ways, uh, we had all of those conversations today. <laughs> so we do hope to have you on the next, uh, have, have you back for the next episode. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Underground Sessions podcast, where we have courageous conversations at the intersection of faith, culture, and politics. If you enjoyed what you heard today, share our information with your friends. And please give us a five-star rating in the iTunes store or wherever you're listening to podcasts so others can find us. You can also connect with us at www.millingtonbaptist.org, where our vision as a church is to see the table expanded for the glory of God as more and more people step into a life-altering relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope to see you next time on the Underground Sessions podcast. <laughs>